This episode of the Red and White Podcast is brought to you by SaturdayMorningTailgate.com. Tailgate gear by folks who love tailgating. Check out SaturdayMorningTailgate.com and use the code REDWHITE15 for 15% off your entire purchase of all your tailgate gear. SaturdayMorningTailgate.com, REDWHITE15. All right, Wolfpack fans, I'm back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, and I really, really, really did not want to talk about it this week. But you're going to make me. We got enough, I don't know, frustration, enough fans out there who are... I guess that you don't want to be alone, and that's it. You're not alone. I feel your I feel your pain. And I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go all over the place in this episode. The one thing I keep coming about is you lost the weight game, but not the BC game. And I'm not really talking about the quality of opponent. I. I th- Pretty sure we all believe that Boston College is a better team than Wake Forest. I'm more talking about that the way the game kind of unfolded and State started really good in the Boston College game, but then all of the mess happened. The block punts, the the interception. Just it was one of those games that you you think we lose, and I everybody got excited because they won that game, including myself. You win that game in that weird, weird fashion. And you're thinking, all right, this team could probably do it. This team could probably win more games. They can, they can, they can get past their own mental mistakes, this thing that plagues us. And then they go out and play the Wake Forest game where they didn't make that many mistakes. Sure, there were some drop passes and whatnot, but it wasn't the same caliber as the Boston College game. They were just lifeless and dead, and I just, I'll be honest, I didn't see that coming from this team. I didn't see that type of performance in that, especially in that environment. Thursday night, an in-state opponent, and, you know, all the blackout, and they just come out and look dead. And they looked like, and I tweeted this during the game. I'm sitting in the stands and look at the sideline, and they were, they looked bored almost. They didn't, they, they weren't bouncing around, waving towels like they normally are. Sure, there was a few of them, but not. I imagine if you go back and look at the tape and compare that sideline with the Boston College game or with another game, there's a dramatic difference in the body language and the energy on the sideline. That's, I still thought we were better. We were going to win that game after, you know, watching, looking at that. And I noticed that and I'm thinking, all right, you know, Wake Forest is really bad. We should still win this game. And it never crossed my mind as I'm tweeting that out that we would lose that game. 
every stat from around the world says we shouldn't have lost that game. Now, I'll read a tweet from the Winston-Salem Journal. Before last night, and I'm, I'm going to disclaimer this. This might make a few of y'all sick. Before last night, Wake's defense has allowed touchdowns on 23 of its opponents' 26 red zone trips. NC State had one touchdown and five trips into Wake's red zone. You want to talk about vomiting all over yourself. Holy crap, that's unbelievably bad. Unbelievably bad. I don't understand. The red zone... Red zone offense was just pathetic, and I, I watched that. I'm at that game, and I'm. We got the ball, and trial had a nice return. Run, 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 punt. And you're like, God bless America. Neither one, none of those runs went anywhere. It was negative three play, three yards on three plays or something like that. Dorch muffs the punt. Like, oh God, they're awful. We got this game. This is the opportunity we need. Jump on them. Run. Run. Bad pass. Or bubble screen or whatever the hell it was. I forgot. And they went back eight yards in sixth place. Against Wake Forest. So bad. I just don't understand. Uh, I mean, I'm with everybody else. My frustration, I was I was disappointed Thursday night. I wasn't angry. I was real disappointed. And then I was kind of frustrated the next day. And the next day I was angry. Like Saturday, it ruined Saturday for me. I couldn't watch football because all I could think about was that game. And then, you know, I turned on the Carolina-Duke game. And halftime, they start showing the state Wake Forest clips. I was like, nope, turn it right back off. Went outside, did something else. That was weird, man. I just don't, I don't get it. I had one, a couple of y'all, you know, text me and leave me voicemails and whatnot on a regular basis. And one of those guys is Ed in LA. Left me a long voicemail, and I'll play it afterwards. I don't agree with most of it, and I think I'll touch on a lot of his points in this podcast. But I know his feelings aren't alone. And, I, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. And just one of the one of his clips in there, I just don't believe that our program at NC State is capable of 10, 11 wins consistently or competing for the ACC, for that matter, or the, the Atlantic Division. There's just no possible way this year. we got the perfect storm, Florida State, Louisville, et cetera, and then lose to Syracuse and Wake. Now, there's no way to really compete for a division crown or an AC crown. I, you know, I agree. I think that's why everybody was frustrated. It, was like, it seemed like the perfect opportunity. Still, you need a miracle to happen. You need Clemson to lose, and it's not likely. They're, they're too good. They're not going to lose. But still, you can, you know, you're playing for that prestige bowl. You're playing for the exposure that Syracuse is playing for right now. And I don't want to say that we're never going to get there. But I think the it puts everything into perspective for folks who want immediate results. And I'm not saying it's immediate results. This is year five for Dorn. 
the program is getting better. You know, I, I'm not ready to abandon ship like a lot of people are. I'm not ready to just say, hey, we can't ever do it. Like, that's not realistic. I don't, I don't think so. Shit, man, if I felt like that, then what's the point of even recording this? Right? I want to have a little bit more hope. And I think I think we can get there. I just you know it feels like another opportunity wasted. I definitely get that, and I definitely get everybody's frustration. So what is it? Right? I'm gonna answer a lot of the questions and comments that y'all brought. Uh, but like, what is it? And I tweeted this out early in the week, watching the Syracuse game, and I said, Syracuse is another example of superior scheme to overcome middle of the road talent. Last five recruiting classes for Syracuse. 50, 54, 62, 57, 52. That's in reverse order. Um, at some point, you've got to coach them up. And I think that's kind of where we're at. I think Dorn is doing a very good job with the program. Like 80%. Off the field, development, recruiting. It's that other piece, and it's, I guess it's probably bigger than 80%, but it's that piece that's on the field. And even the on the field, I don't think is awful. I think there's two components that have really let us down. And I think that's the schematics of the offense and the defense and the adjustments. I think, and I've said this for years, years on this podcast, and even before this podcast, and just anybody who wants to freaking talk to me about football, you got to go, you can have the players, right? You, If you have the Alabama players and the Clemson players, then you can be vanilla and just beat people because you're better than them, right? If... Me and a few of y'all went down to elementary school and played them five-on-five basketball. we probably win just because we're better than them. That's not the same thing, man. I think if you if you want to win on this level and you don't have superior talent, you need to coach them up and you need to have superior scheme. You need to be aggressive. You and you need to try to go for the kill as much as often. That's what's the frustrating part is they just don't seem to do that, right? I think there's that disconnect in what I think we need and I think what a lot of people think we need and what the reality is. I think mean, you look at that weight game and it was the running game was so predictable. And everything was predictable. There's no way that Wake Forest should have beat us that game. And we did everything they expected us to. And once again, I feel like our staff got outcoached by their staff. We didn't adjust enough. We thought we could go out there and do what we have on film and 
win and push them around, and that can happen. Part of it is you know execution. I get it, but you also have to put your players in the best position to succeed. The reason these aggressive pass-heavy systems work is because it's the system, and they have no matter what player there is, right? If somebody goes down, they plug somebody else in, they run to do the same thing, and you take advantage of an opponent's weakness. And I don't think we ever do that, and I think that's the something that Dorn is missing. Yeah, I don't know why that is either. You know, I think. I know he's learning on the job. I, th- I think you can see the growth in him as a head coach over the last few years. But I think this is one area where he's really uh, dropped the ball, so to speak. I think he's put the wrong sort of people in place. Uh, so I'm going to get to the user questions because they're all around the same same topics and it's going to give me some more to talk about. Um, James Washington, my man, were we hoodwinked with this team being ranked so high, number 14 this year? Now we have a 3-3 three and three conference record. Only quality wins are first BC and Virginia. Who's more to blame for the three losses, offense or defense? Is recruiting more valuable than in-game coaching and play calling? So I think that's a big question. There's a lot of questions there. Were we hoodwinked? I don't think so. I think this team has the talent to be ranked 14th. I really do. I really think there's enough there on this team to say, hey, we're a top 20 team. I think the scheme has really let us down. And it's easy to point to the defense, right? I think a lot of people are going to look and say, hey, look, they get burned every play. And I'll talk about that. I think that's a, that's a concern. But especially in a game like the Wake Forest game or the Syracuse game, you know what you're going to get from your defense. You know they're going to give up big plays. They're going to give up points. It's what they do. You know, you need to often you need to scheme around that. You need to plan around that. And the mistake I think our staff makes is that they. They scheme around that by wanting to go ball control. And I don't think that is how we win games. We make too many other mistakes. You keep teams in, and that's how that's how you lose these games. But conversely, you, you do Syracuse or Oklahoma State or West Virginia, and you go out there and you score points, and you just kick the teeth into these people before they get a chance to even rally. And I, I don't think we do that. I don't have that killer mentality from the top. And that's what's, I think that's what holds us back for the most part. I think there's that, if we had that aggressive nature, we had the talent to, to win and to be 14. And to win these, uh, these games we're supposed to win because we're better, we have better talent than them. I don't think, you know, is recruiting more valuable than coaching, game playing, blank play calling? I, I don't think so. 
Because you can see teams that, like this Wake Forest team, who can win and compete and they play tougher than, than we do. And we have more talent than them. There's no doubt about my don't doubt my mind that we do. This Wake's team's playing their third string quarterback who's never started a game. Thrown fifteen passes. So you gotta have players, sure, I get that. You want especially you want to compete on the you know on the high level. But you also have have to have to have superior scheme. There's very few teams that can go out there and win with without superior scheme. And maybe it's execution. Well maybe you need to simplify the play calling so that they can execute it. Maybe you try to throw too much at them and they don't execute any of them right. Right? Jack of all trades, master of none. I think that's a that's a real concern. Fire nice podcast. Will how, how good is our defense on the hardwood? Thirteen steals for the game. Thirteen deflections. Oh, this is basketball. Jesus, Will threw me off. I'll get to that. I'm gonna move that one to the bottom of my list here. How good is our defense? How good is our football defense? Not good. That helps. Uh, put that down here. All right. Tucker Blankenship. Tucker, was Kentucky getting drilled by Tennessee the most predictable thing ever? I mean, Jesus, absolutely. You knew that was going to happen. Kentucky is so similar to us with their quality wins and, you know, talent in certain positions and then just been in a free fall. And that was just an opportunity for us to slide up even farther. And they they let it go. They let it pass. And Syracuse has taken advantage of that. Dino Babers. All right, is curious if he sticks around, but yeah, I knew they were going to lose. I think that's you know kind of expected. Uh, Tommy has the Dave Dorn era peaked. I don't think so, man. I, I I really don't. And maybe I'm still too optimistic. But I think he's done a lot in the in a to fix a lot of things. But he hasn't addressed this thing that's holding him back. Right? If he's not going to be the game day coach, he's going to let his assistants do their thing, which is what he does. Everybody knows. Then you need to make sure that your assistants are doing their job. And you want to talk about you know is recruiting more valuable than coaching? Look at what Dwayne Leverett is doing with the offensive line. I mean, prior to this Wake Forest game, they've given up four sacks all year. Four sacks. He's coaching them up. He's getting the most out of those guys. And you need that from other positions. I don't think it's realistic to have seven Dwayne Ledfords in every position, but you can get more out of some of these things, some of these positions and some of these coaches and some of these groups than what they're getting. And I think that's the that's the part that Dorn hasn't really picked up yet. I don't know Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. But I think that's I think he's still figuring it out, to be honest. I don't think he knows either. It's kind of a weird thing to say. 
um, at NCSU 84, just passed, don't run, F the running game, not working. I mean, that's about as simple as you can put it. Um, and then it's funny, I got in a Twitter conversation with James Henderson inside Pack Sports. And I know, I understand his perspective is a little bit different than the rest of us. And he's also can't be too critical because, you know, can't bite the hand that feeds you. But he always says it's execution. You know, they pass in the red zone. And, like, I get it. They did pass in the red zone. But they threw a fade corner route to Amizi. They threw an underneath route to Jacoby Myers, who wouldn't have got in if he caught the ball. And, you know, you're throwing bubble screens. Bubble screens in the red zone? I mean, to me, that's kind of that's curious. You have a wide open field. You know, you're at the 40-yard line. You don't throw a bubble screen, but you get inside, you know, tight quarters, and you throw a bubble screen where the Wake Forest team is pressed up on the line anyway because you got to score. I don't understand that. And moreover, I think if you look at the film, Thayer Thomas was open several times on a quick slant in the red zone that would have scored almost every time. I know a couple of times Wake dropped a defensive end and tried to cut that off, but we weren't utilizing it. And, uh, you know, that's part of the frustrating thing. Like, they threw it, but then they throw it like bubble screens. It's like, come on, man. Give us give us something. We're not talking about bubble screens. We're talking about real passes. And I think the problem with the running game, and I, it's probably well documented, everybody talks about it, is it's so predictable. How do you line up in that pistol with the tight end over top and run that same inside zone play and expect it to just overpower people when you're, you know, Gillespie's still not 100%. And you just don't, you don't have it. And why do you keep doing it? I think that's so frustrating. I saw somewhere where they charted the runs, and it was like runs out of that formation versus runs out of other formations. So basically four wide. Can you run with four wide? And like 68% or something like that of state's successful run plays are, have come from a spreader, a spread formation. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Why not do that more? Why not get a little creative with the run play, run game? That's the frustrating part with me, and I, you know, that's that's on Drink and whoever schemes that with him. And supposedly, Drink is very much in the Gus Malzahn coaching tree, which is one thing I've never been impressed with. Gus Malzahn, Malzahn's offense. I mean, Cam Newton carried him to a national title, yeah. But it's a very high school level offense. The running game, especially, is is so predictable, and we're seeing teams pick up on that and key on it. Um, token fan forever, Jody. Uh, Luckily, we have the two worst teams in the league left to play, according to the records. Anyway, thoughts on ECU? So I'm going to address that too, because uh, you know Ed talks about that in his call that I'll play at the end. <laughs> yeah, we we're going to be favored probably 
significantly in these last three games, Louisville, Carolina, and ECU. But I don't think any of them are a foregone conclusion. I mean, there's, they've given you no reason to expect that they should be. You watch that Wake Forest game, and I think they're better. Wake Forest is better than those three teams, but the difference is negligible. I'm not going into any of those games saying, hey, we're going to blow the doors off any of them, especially rivalry games, especially ECU, who is going to be fired up to beat us. They're playing a, a new quarterback. They're not good. None of these teams are good. And had we got them in August, we probably would have blown the doors off of them. But now, I don't think anybody's giving you any reason to expect us to cruise in these last three games. I don't think they're going to lose all three of the games. But I don't think they're going to cruise. I mean, I think two and one in these last three is realistic. I don't think you'd be crazy if somebody said, hey, you're going to lose to Carolina or you're going to lose to ECU. I was like, I don't know. Given hadn't given us a reason to think otherwise. And that's what's frustrating because you know we're better than both of those teams. All three of those teams. Ace Man, 7496. Do you see any pauses in the future of our secondary giving the, our level of recruitment? Could Huxable potentially be a good DC with more speed and agility in the secondary? I could be wrong, but I thought our recent recruiting successes have been for that kind of secondary. Yeah, I think some of those guys are young. I think you know Ing- Ingham's pretty young. I don't. I don't know if Huxtable can be a good DC in in that regards. And I again, I've talked about how important I think that position is. You look at somebody like Don Brown, who no matter where he goes, he's going to have a number one ranked defense. Boston College, he was number one ranked defense at Boston College when they were four and eight that year. With the number one ranked defense, unbelievable. He's so good. He goes to Michigan, and you know, two years later, they have number one ranked defense, or one of the top defenses. I don't think our scheme. I don't think Huxtable's scheme, and I don't think if, maybe that comes down from Dorn, but I don't think his scheme puts our guys in the best positions. And I'll give it to Wake. But it's not a – I mean, this is bigger than just one game. They made some really nice catches. Ingram had some pretty good coverage on some of those plays. But I don't think that there's – I don't think they're getting the most out of that secondary, and I don't think that scheme is good. I mean, they played man most of the time. Why not back up into the zone and let Wake – you know, make Wake sustain a drive and, you know, instead of keep giving these teams – Big plays, big shots. And I, you know, if you go back and you talk to fans, George Tech fans, especially about like Ted Roof coming in, the same similar, you know, similar complaints. I think these guys know a world of football. I think they know so much, but I don't think they're getting the most out of the guys that they can. And I don't think their scheme is putting our level of talent in positions to be successful. I, I I think somebody tweeted something out um, regarding how bad our defense has gotten, or secondary has gotten since Clayton White has left. But 
I don't have that in front of me. I'd be curious if there was a correlation to it. Um, I, you know, I think Leighton Witt's a good coach. He's probably being successful where he is. I don't know if there's a, you know, that sort of correlation, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I really do feel like that. I really do feel like our scheme is not putting us in that position to be successful. Ingles gonna get burnt. It happens, right? He's a freshman. He's really talented. He does really, really, really well in run support. But you have to be able. To, you have to know that somebody's gonna need to pick up for him and help him out in the secondary. You know, your deep safety needs to be in position all the time. And they're just not doing that. And some of the play calls, like the end of the play call, the end of the game versus Wake Forest, like you're in man and you call blitz, especially that last that play they scored on. You call a blitz hoping to make a play, I get it, and push them maybe out of field goal range. But you give them the chance to score. I mean, I don't know. Sorry, my outro music just started playing while I was recording. Um, you put, you know, you open up all of those potential issues when you do that, right? You play, I mean, that's not the right time to play aggressive, in my opinion. And that's not the right time to, hey, let's make a play and you give up a touchdown. Like, Jesus, man, that's. They, should, they shouldn't be able to drive down the field like that. And that's part of it, too. Like, what the hell is happening where Wake Forest can run a two minute drill or a three minute drill and just score at ease? When they need to. I mean, shit, they bored the hell out of me during that game with that read option QB keeper or the QB handoff. They just kept handing it to Colburn up the middle. I don't know, man. I, I'm not happy with Huxtable. I don't think anybody's been happy with Huxtable since he's been here. And they keep saying, you know, again, I, you know, I agree with the, you need more talent, but you got to coach them up. You got to get a scheme that these guys can be successful in, that they could be moderately successful in. I don't think they've been moderately successful. And that hasn't changed. When you keep making year five and you keep making the same mistakes, this is the same issue we talked about from the beginning. That's not recruiting. That's schematics that are wrong. Rollin Jenkins, looking ahead already, LOL. What is the next season going to be like? Have we peaked with BCQs getting better along with us losing large pieces of offense? I'm kind of worried. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about Syracuse. They're going to lose a lot of people. And... You know, you're including Dungy, but they're going to lose Babers. There's, I think there's zero chance Babers sticks around. And I'm not sold on them being successful without him. The recruiting hasn't been good enough for them to, to sustain what they're going to lose. I mean, you can see their numbers, right, in, in the 50s and 60s that they'll be good. BC, I mean, I guess we got another year of A.J. Dillon. Uh, I'm not sure what the rest of that team's going to look like. Have we peaked? I don't think we've peaked. And I think everybody's going to say the same thing about 
or did say the same thing about this team last year. Like, oh, man, next year, what are we going to do? Right, you're losing the entire defense. What are you going to do? Well, we have a lot of pieces coming back, and, you know, you just got to put it together. It's going to be a drop-off at quarterback, but I think that's, again, where you need to scheme around it. Who's going to be the quarterback? No idea. Hockman, McKay, Leary. So, I mean, one of those guys. I just don't. You've got to assume you're losing Harmon. He's gone. Jacoby Myers, he could go if he comes back. That's fantastic. You, have, you still have a Mezzi. Um, you still have other guys that can catch. I'm not looking at CJ Riley at the moment. You have other pieces, right? And you get, you know, some more running back health. Ricky Person, get him healthy, stronger. You know, Zonovan Knight and um, Jameis Griffin. You know, get those guys signed and in. I think those are the, you know a bit of a difference maker that we're looking for, especially if you're going to if you stick with drink and. You know, you're insistent on running the ball like you are, then you better have the horses. And I think, well, they're freshmen, sure, but they're they're talented, and that adds a little bit of depth that we don't have at the running back position right now. So I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I think without even looking at the schedule, you you got to assume right around eight wins. That's fine, right? If you could do that three years in a row, that's probably pretty good. Um. Especially in what everybody else is going to call another rebuilding year. So, like I said, I think Doran's got a lot of good things going for him. I think he's really got some concerns, though. Like, I'm questioning if Drink is back next year. And I don't think he's going to get fired. I think somebody's going to come and recruit him, recruit him away for a head coaching job. I can just see it now. You know, ECU fires Montgomery and they come get drink. He's got that reputation of being successful. Got, you know, the Malzahn disciple and all that jazz. And I think he's fun. I think he's, he relates to people. He's, you know, kind of energetic and he's, but I, I don't agree with his play calling. I don't agree with his system. And, that is the bigger concern next year, you know, with defense and offense, those two systems. What is going to change? Because if you don't change anything and you expect the same result, right? I mean, everybody knows that saying. Uh, Randy Tuthill, talk about soccer. Randy, if you want to come on, tell me about NC State soccer, by all means, please do. I'll gladly have have you on. You can record a segment. I'd, I'd love to have it. I don't know anything about soccer in general let alone our soccer. So, yeah, by all means. Um, we've talked about it, though, and kind of beat around the bush. Not, I'm sure some of y'all have saw it on Twitter that Kansas seems to be down to Dave Dorn and um, Les Miles. At least that's what their fans believe. I think that's curious. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's interesting, right? I, I, I can't see Doran leaving for Kansas if he wins out. Kansas will have to throw a world of money at him. 
and even so, like the situation here is still too is still better than Kansas. The thing is, if he does lose to Carolina or ECU, and they throw a lot of money at him, then I could see him maybe saying, "Well, they're not going to yell at me at Kansas, right?" And you have a little bit longer leash because it's Kansas and they're god awful. And he's been able to, you know, build a better foundation. And I don't know if he can do it there or not, but it's going to have. That's what that conversation is going to be around. I thought it was pretty interesting that the, the most of y'all, you know, it was kind of split. Stay, leave, indifferent. Nobody really seemed to be kind of one way or the other. Like, oh, he's got to go. He should definitely take that job. Or, he, no, we got to keep him. And David Stanford tweeted, uh, Doran has his weaknesses, but I can't handle another rebuilding process. If Doran leaves, just promote Lefford. So there's a bunch of stuff there. Like, I agree. I, I think that, that would be the problem. I think Doran's done so much right with the program that if he leaves, you better get somebody who's done it before. And that's why I wouldn't promote Ledford because I don't think he's done it before. Despite how much I like him, I think you, you change – the dynamic changes when you go from head coach to – or from offensive line coach to head coach. Keep him. By all means, pay him a lot of money because I think he's a great coach, but I don't know if he's a head coach. I'm going after Scott Satterfield or uh, my man at uh, J- JMU, whose name eludes me at the, at the moment. Um, those guys those guys are winners. Those guys have built, built programs, sustainable programs. They've competed at the highest levels in their respective um, areas, so that's what I would do. I don't know if I would promote from within. I'd keep a lot of guys for sure, but I think you need you would you would need if that does happen if Dorn leaves that you would need to uh, take that approach. I think. I think the opportunity is here, right? It, State's got so much going for it, you know, recruiting wise, especially. And Carolina being down, ECU being down, and Wake being Wake, that there's no reason you shouldn't win those games every year. And you shouldn't have the best program in the state and shouldn't be able to recruit the best talent. He's kind of doing that now, and he's not. You know, imagine if you had door-busting results. Man. Really I feel like he's really close. I I do think he has his own weaknesses. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, Louisville this week I mean I'm going to that game with some friends and I couldn't possibly have picked a worse time to go I mean given the way we're playing and the fact that they're awful and just fired Petrino um, it's not a super exciting not super exciting to go Um, yeah so um, it's always fun to go on a road trip and new stadium. I hadn't been there before. Something I wanted to do and visit uh, Dave Skull of uh, the Red Zone Report. But man, what a bad time! They just fired Petrino and all his kids. I mean, it's just I don't. They're either going to come out dead like they normally do, or they're going to rally behind the change. I don't know what to expect. And again, that's another reason why you got to jump on them early and just beat the piss out of them. 
it's got to be better and not you just take take all of the hope out of them but you never know how those teams come back I mean the, the playbook's going to be wide open they should run all sorts of stupid shit and they should try it. any play they've ever wanted to try they're going to try it my Louisville friends expected to be kind of dead expect the team to be kind of dead just because those Petrino players don't have the same character you would and then the following week senior week with uh, and they play Kentucky kind of a big game so I, I don't know what to expect I know I want us to go out there and jump on them and kick the crap out of them I also know that it's the poorest timed road trip of all time <laughs> don't, I don't know what uh, nothing to do about it my flight leaves tomorrow morning um, yeah all right fire nest podcast will so i'm gonna plug will's podcast if you haven't heard him um go check him out anytime you have more folks talking about state and you have more good coverage and guys that know they're worth talking about right it's it's better for everybody I can't get enough of this stuff. I know there's a lot of a lot of stuff that I won't listen to just because I'm like, whatever. I'm going to dovetail away from that. But go check him out. Fire Nice Podcast. He's talking about basketball. How good is our defense on the hardwood? 13 steals for the game. 36 deflections in the first half. Going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, and Will and I talked about this at the game this past week at the, at the football game. Like, it's... It's weird watching the basketball team. It's like there's 10 guys, and you can plug in any number of combinations and lineups, and it, there doesn't seem to be a big drop-off, and it's hard to identify who's, who's who, to be honest. There's so many new guys. But what I really love the most, what I really like about Keats, was that during his post-game press conference, they asked about Jericho Helms, I think. And... He said something to the effect of, somebody asked him how good Jericho Helms is going to be, or how good is he. He said, Jericho's going to play as much as Jericho wants to play. And he goes on to talk about him playing defense and how he pulls out guys, like, if they don't make a play, he makes a change. It's like, bam, instant. Like, And I love that. It's like, you know these guys are going to come out and they're going to play hard defensively and You've seen what that does with the offense. They didn't even play good against the UNC Asheville, and they scored 100 points. That's They've scored 100 points in the first three games. That's amazing. State's never done that. Well, I think the, the tweet today was NC State's the first ACC. What was it? NC's first ACC team to win, to win their first four games by 40-plus points, first three games. Some, some weird sound like that. I retweeted it. Right, that's I, I, I really enjoy it. I know they haven't played that level of competition. I get it. But the style of play and the fact that they played hard during all of those games, even all those, you know, down opponents, that's a bit refreshing. And that's what you want to see out of a freaking football team. Why don't they do the same thing? Why don't they play hard like that? Why don't they come out ready to roll? Yeah, I don't know. So, man, I got a little bit long on this one. I apologize. 
I just wish I'm with all of you, all right? We all feel the same way. There's all that bit of frustration here. We're all in the same boat, man. You think they can be really good. and It, feel, it feels like another opportunity wasted. But I also feel like at the same time, they're going, there's so much right that you just need a few things to change and get better. That... And you could see them succeed. I really believe that. I really believe that they're very co- very close to pushing that boundary as a program. I also believe you have things you need to address. And I don't know how they do it, right? I mean, there's smart people out there that can figure that out. Do you fire people? Do you help them out the door? Do you just tell them they got to change? I don't know. But you've got to do something better, man. You're just going to expect the same results doing the same thing over and over again. And it's going to drive everybody mad. And it's going to drive people away. And I don't want that. I, I This is an escape, man. I like watching football. I like talking about it. I like engaging with, with, with everybody out there. I mean, I, my Twitter mentions and whatnot after this game, after this Wake Forest game, were it was hard to say refreshing after that game but there was a lot of rational conversation and I understand everybody was frustrated but I really enjoy that I really enjoy going back and forth with y'all I'm just one of you guys with a microphone so I appreciate everybody who's takes the time to you know comment when I'm going to record and give feedback and give questions and those things I mean it, it, it helps um Oh, I do have one more. Um, my email statistician sent me a, an email. Um, in case you're still doing listener questions, response episodes. My hot takes. Number one, this is why we can't have nice things. Number two, this is why we have noon kickoffs in September and October. <laughs> Number three, this is why we are 5-0. and All the pundits say they haven't played anyone Two loss Washington is still ranked higher than us in both polls. This is why game day doesn't come to our game versus Clemson, but goes to BC Clemson for their anniversary special. This is why choosing to do a blackout against a team that wears black is a terrible idea. They think it's a home game. I bet the person in marketing who chose to do a blackout versus team that wears black, the same person responsible for this is our state marketing campaign. Number six, this is why people leave at halftime to tailgate more. This is why the perception of NC State never changes. And this is why I'm not a com- comedian. <laughs> He's right. I mean, all those points are accurate. Um, except for this is our state campaign. We stole that. <laughs> we stole that from Mississippi State. So that person probably didn't choose to do a blackout. But somebody who agreed to it, <laughs> probably. Just... Some, yeah, it's just overall silly things. But, all right, anyway, I'll get out of here. I'm just rambling at this point. I got a pack for Louisville to go watch us do something to steal one from Willie Taggart. But as always, thanks for listening. Hang in there, pack fans. We'll get better. It'll get better. Basketball season's around the corner. At least it'll be fun. And as always, thanks. Go back.
Hey, Evan, how you doing? It's Ed from L.A. Yeah, I uh, I was just calling to vent. Um, I know you're as frustrated as anybody. I know you predicted a really big, big year for NC State Wolfpack football. I'm trying not to to uh, criticize that too much. I knew going into this year we were not going to be as good as last year, number one. Number two, I just I don't believe that our program at NC State is capable of 10, 11 wins consistently or competing for the ACC or, for that matter, the division, the Atlantic division. There's just no possible way. This year we got a not a perfect storm, but we got, you know, Florida State and Louisville uh, are down. But, of course, we're losing to Syracuse and Wake Forest now, and there's no way to really compete for a, a division crown or a, an ACC crown um, if you can't beat Clemson and you can't beat your regular, you know, division opponents. So, anyway, long and short, I really didn't believe that this year we were going to be any better than 7-5 and five or 8-4. and four. Um, I think that eight wins is the ceiling for a Dave Doran coach team. I don't care what talent we have on the field. I, I just don't care what – what uh, five-star prospects we have, you know, our team, our program, uh, we are just not better than an eight-win season and an occasional decent New Year's Eve or day before New Year's Eve bowl. We are not a 10-11 win type uh, team that goes to New Year's Day bowls. We don't have that kind of program. We can't recruit that type of uh, player. And we just don't have the coaches that can that can take this program to that level. We're just an above-average program. Nobody's afraid to play us. Nobody's afraid to come to Raleigh to play NC State. I believe now that the Wolfpack, unfortunately, is going to lose the rest of their games. I think that they go to Louisville. They lose that because their their confidence is crushed. They're going to go to Chapel Hill and probably lose that. You know, in <laughs> North Carolina is like a wounded animal waiting for us to ruin our season, and they will, and so will East Carolina. I believe East Carolina, if they win no other games, will beat NC State because Doran is incapable of winning those kind of games. Anyway, I'm just going to let you guys, uh, even Dustin O'Pine on the podcast, I'll listen. I really believe that we are where we're supposed to be. We're a 7-5, and 8-4 and four at very best, 6-6 six and six program. That's who we are. That's our identity. We just need to embrace it. The rest of the conference is laughing at us. I mean, we'll never compete for the division. We'll never compete for the ACC. That's just who we are. And uh, we're just going to have to be happy with that. And uh, I don't believe if they're 6-6, six and six, they should go to a bowl either. Anyway, fire away, guys. And listen, uh, I'd like to say go pack, but I, I think I'm done this year. I believe they will lose out. Um, basketball season has started. Let's look at that. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.